Mendy here from the Triple Play Fantasy Football Show. And if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome in to episode 11, the week 17 NFL edition of the First Down Fantasy Podcast. Here with uh, Eric Squiggly E. I've got your intro song right here. Thank you for being a friend. Eric, what is this? Eric. Squiggly E, what song is that? I can't really hear it. I don't know. Disappointed in you. You're a golden girl, Eric. Oh, how was I supposed to know that? Because you're, that's like mom's one of her favorite shows. That's one of your favorite shows. That's very true still, but... You're my little golden girl. Aw, oh, thanks. All right, John. That's the Star Wars one. Specifically, which part of Star Wars? It's like uh, Darth Vader. Ah, there we go. There we go. Since you're Since Mr. You're uh, Mr. Black, Black Hole. Hole. You're getting echoey, by the way, today. I, uh, I should hopefully stop that. I just closed the door. Um, and then we've got our, our new person on the pod this week. He, uh, he's a Ravens fan. He's also a, uh, a big foodie. Uh, we do, he, uh, he's a big food challenge guy. We do food challenges together. He's my inspiration. Whoa. He is uh, Nick Loisel. Wow, jersey short. Yeah, his jersey short. What an intro. What did I do to deserve this? <laughs> this goes back to our uh, college days of the crazy uh, the crazy times that we had at the bars together. Ooh. It's a good uh, – see, I may be a minority, but I like jersey short. Well, there's a reason it was on for so long. It's a classic pretend unpopular opinion, David. It's yeah, Actually, it's still on. Oh, I know that. Yeah, I hated hearing him quote that as a uh, unpopular opinion. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we have week seventeen. Uh, unfortunately, week seventeen, a lot of backups and uh, we'll be playing starters are going to be benched, whether it's because teams are out of the playoffs or because they're resting their guys for the playoffs. So to analyze the games going forward is going to be a little difficult. So we're going to change things up a little bit this week. But we will be starting with our annual three takeaway segment from week 16. Oh, I didn't realize I was in the sauna right now. Did you go in the sauna and listen to this today? No, the sauna was closed for repairs. I was ready. So we look back at week 16, and we are looking for takeaways going forward in the playoffs. Uh, so I'm going to start with, with Nick. What are your three takeaways from week 16? Uh, well, listen, uh, I think this is plain cut and dry. And one word that comes to mind is redemption. I've been listening all year long. Uh, Ravens getting blown out at home to the Browns. 
Ravens aren't for real. How can you let Baker drop so many points on you in front of the home stands? Uh, watch the boys uh, take take a short trip to Cleveland, take care of business. So that's number one for me. I think that it's looking promising moving forward. Uh, number two, and I can't emphasize this enough, the Cowboys make me sick to my stomach. <laughs> I mean, everything about it. The The Jet showing up late to take those boys home, everything about it. I, uh, I mean, I, I, I damn near gasped um, so many times throughout it. I just couldn't take it anymore. Um, and three, and I, I don't think that anyone else w- will contest this, boy, do I love me some Jameis Winston. <laughs> I was kind of hoping those linebackers for the Texans would come in dressed as crabs uh, <laughs> just to pay tribute. But, boy, I mean, that, that guy uh, – was almost the top quarterback for both teams. Um, and I just, I can't get enough of the guy. J- Jameis Winston is magic in a bottle. Magic in a bottle. Can't James get Winston enough. Winston sells tickets. Oh my God. Sign this guy to a 10 year deal. Um, <laughs> let's, let's get the life rights on him. If he has kids, we want them too. I, w- I would much rather have a quarterback who throws four touchdowns and three picks than Derek Carr. He throws 190 yards. And one touchdown. Uh, That's boring. All right, let me ask a Ravens fan: Would you rather have Jameis Winston and Lamar Jackson? Well, Lamar, I mean Lamar Jackson, but you're at, you're asking apples to oranges, you know. <laughs> uh, if I get Jameis Winston, you're not even going to see a win or a loss. It's just like, what what on earth is this guy going to do today? Uh, and it doesn't. I mean, you, you literally, he's the only guy that going into a game doesn't matter who he's playing. You have no idea what's going to happen. Well, I know we have another big Jameis Winston supporter on the podcast. John, is he in your takeaways? Uh, not this week uh, because I think, uh, you know, I only have room for a one uh, running joke in the podcast. <laughs> that We all know who that is. <laughs> so what are your three takeaways from week 16? Just wait. I, I Wait till I get to his segment this week. <laughs> okay, so who, what are your three takeaways from week 16? My – well, I guess we're going to jump right. My three takeaways are the Raiders needed eight things to happen over two weeks to make the playoffs. Four of them happened this week. Now they only need four things. To and they're happen. realistic, so, too. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's, it's nothing too cr- – the craziest thing is the uh, Ravens beating the Steelers with, like, their B team. But that could happen because I feel like the Steelers aren't that the, good. The Steelers, have their, game. the Steelers have their B team out, too. I mean, to tell you the truth, I, I, I like the Ravens in that game. I, yeah. Especially, so, you know, they're the underdogs, too. I think it's a three-point spread. I've been saying Zay Jones is going to have his breakout game every week, but he finally breaks out with a game-winning touchdown to deliver the Raiders into the playoffs. <laughs> Matt Zay Jones, his great leap forward, finally starts in the Mile High Stadium in Oakland. They make the playoffs. Uh, I also wanted to follow up on the Cowboys being trash. I mean, Amari Cooper making the Raiders look like they won that trade. Amari Pooper over here not even playing on fourth down and then uh i don't think uh russell wilson is he not that good at i guess i don't know so you're saying he's like, not dangerous he's not as dangerous Oof. as we thought that team is beat up as much as i hate the seahawks i give russell wilson credit i mean he's no richard sherman but... <laughs> oh i mean it Eric is uh, is Marshawn Lynch the uh, the missing the missing piece of you know, that team? I, I actually think he's going to have a decent game against the 49ers, like thirteen for seventy and a touchdown. I I would love to see him do one of those vintage runs where he just can't be blocked down. I honestly am kind of scared. The the craziest thing I saw uh, a tweet when the with the Raiders last game in Oakland, he was out at tailgate serving tequila shots, and now he's playing for the uh, Seahawks. Did you guys see him pull up with a limo full of Skittles? Yeah. <laughs> what a boss. There's no other word to describe him. He's a boss. He's, no, I can tell playing, you. They're playing with house money at this point. They're playing with – The emotional put, high could get him going. Oh, my God. Uh, I watched that guy on an episode of uh, – what's that Bear Grylls show? Uh, whatever it is on the Discovery Channel. You know what I'm talking about. He did something with Marshawn Lynch where it was two days – in uh, in a mountain range, and I watched that man kill a, a wild boar with his bare hands. Uh, and I'm convinced <laughs> that no defense can stop him now. <laughs> um, Eric, what's, what are your takeaways from Week 16? All right, well, they're not all playoff related. Actually, only one of them is. But I think 
the Giants are going to have a really good fantasy offense next year. I think Daniel Jones is going to be a good sleeper. He's had at least he's had three games with at least four touchdowns, and next year he'll have a healthy Saquon, Ingram, uh, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Golden Tate, and and six more games against the NFC East. You're right. So uh, this is kind of an early sleeper pick for me. I think they're going to be a good offensive team next year. The next is the Bears are poop, and I think they're only going to be worse. Trubisky was 18 for 34 for like 150 yards. Mm. Javon Wims was their number two receiver this week. They have nobody consistent outside Allen Robinson. They've invested a lot of money into or capital into Trubisky in that defense. Um, So I I think they're going to be a team that just kind of tanks out. And my last is, this has been going on for weeks, but now that it's the end of the season, I don't think we've seen anything like we've seen with David Johnson. A consensus top five to six pick, scoring double digits for first five out of the six weeks. And 106 touches his first six weeks. Has that mystery injury game. And in the last six games, he has 24 touches. He's the third highest paid player on the team. Like, they have phased him out. There's, there's no way he stays on the team for another year. It'll be tough to get a team to take that contract, but I feel like we've never seen anything like And he's, he's supposedly healthy now. I mean, he's probably on a different team next year. I would think they're going to re-sign Kenyon Drake and try to trade David Johnson to another team. Kenyon Drake's been playing well. I mean, that's not a bad play. Trade him to the Niners. I would love David Johnson. Trade him back to the Dolphins. <laughs> was he on the Dolphins before? Oh uh, no, I was I was thinking Kenyon Drake. Uh, just do a little Ken Drake David Johnson swap. I think Dolphins fans would have taken that uh at the start of this year, probably not after. <laughs> <laughs> um my three takes are real quick. Mike Thomas can't guard Mike. He's a top five pick next year in fantasy drafts. I don't see him slipping outside the top five, whether it's PPR or standard scoring. Um Amari Cooper has proven to me he cannot be consistent, and he's not going to be worth taking, I'm sure, as high as he's going to be ranked. I'm sure he's going to be ranked. I've been saying that for two years. I, I think he's, he's going to be ranked as a top two, like two-round pick, and I don't think he's worth a, a first or second-round pick. So that's would, you, but that's what you get with Amari Cooper, though. I, I think he's just he can have a great game. He can have 150 yards and two-touchdown game, but – a lot of times it's just inconsistency, which for a high draft pick like him, it just scares me. Um, and you don't even know if Dak's going to be there or not next year, who's going to be their quarterback. So I, I'm, I'm staying away from him most likely. And the Bengals did clinch the number one overall pick as the uh, worst team in football this year. Uh, taking that away from the Dolphins, who I think we all thought was going to be in a landslide, going to be the worst team. Um, so Joe, Joe Burrow makes that offense interesting. I'm going to be interested um, to potentially see if A.J. Green's back there, um, Tyler Boyd, uh, Joe Mixon. I think their offense could be exciting next year. A, a name on that team that doesn't get enough love is Auden Tate. Uh, I really, really like uh, like watching him play this year. He's a big dude. Uh, and I think that with a year of offseason work, and especially with Joe Burrow throwing to him, uh, that's a name you're going to hear a lot next year, and especially as someone who will fall to really late rounds. Uh, just uh, a, a little tip, little words to the wise. Ooh, are you uh, you're speaking up him in the uh, before next season? I like that. I, I I do think he's a big receiver. Like he makes if you watch his highlights, he makes like really tough catches. He couldn't stay healthy this year, which he hated to see. But um, uh, yeah, I think th- I think the guy is going to have a much better year next year. So, is, I mean, if you guys think about it really quick, you have A.J. Green, you have Tyler Boyd, you have John Ross, and you have Auden Tate. I feel like one of them is going to get phased out. Is that uh, John Ross? I think so. I think A.J. Green doesn't resign with them. I think they're franchise tagging him, if I'm not mistaken. We'll see. That's my bold take. Oh, okay. That's your, uh, that's your hot take, Eric? I mean, I feel like it's not a hot take because he didn't play a game for them this year and they didn't re-sign him. I'll save my bacon sizzling hot takes for something. Juicy. No, I already, I already put the bacon sizzling on. That's your bacon sizzle hot take. All right. Um, once the bacon sizzles, you can't take it back. Um, all right. So we're going to switch things up. And instead of looking over the 
previous week's games, we're going to do the 2019 Fantasy Football Award Show. I'm your host, David Mendelson. We have our categories of MVP, biggest bust, biggest steal, waiver wire pickup, injury-prone player, rookie of the year, and our victory lap player. These players are going to be greatly awarded for their efforts, or we're going to shame them into misery. For those that don't know, I put my tux on. I'm standing here with a bunch of very, uh, very nice golden trophies that we're going to give out to them. Uh, so we're going to start out here with our MVP. There's a, a handful of guys to pick from here. So, John, I'm going to start with you. Who was the 2019 NFL Fantasy MVP? It's a, it's a little easy. It's the same as the real MVP. It's, it's Lamar Jackson. I mean, not only is he scoring outrageous points, you probably got pretty good value. You, you didn't have to really draft him too high because nobody was quite expecting this. So if you have Lamar Jackson, odds are you probably won your fantasy league. Uh, Eric, what about you? Who is your fantasy MVP? So I have a three-way tie, but the reasoning is the same. It's Lamar Jackson, McCaffrey, and Patriots D. Eric, stop. No, no, no. You can't, they can't split three trophies. Who's your number one? Do Patriots defense just to be Patriots different. defense. <laughs> but, but I was going to say the reasoning is they're also going to set the most points ever scored for their position, which is pretty crazy to think about. My only issue with your three is Christian McCafferty is a first overall pick. Uh, Everybody that else. Was not consensus. Okay, so he's second. Maybe you got him second or third, but like those, those other two in that group are, are really players you did not have to draft too early. Fight, fight, fight. fight. <laughs> uh, all right, Nick, who's your uh, fantasy MVP? Yeah, I mean, for all the reasons John said, it's got to be Lamar. And what's insane is all three players that Eric named, I think there are a bunch of teams that have all three of those, uh, of those assets all together. I mean, uh, I've got McCaffrey in one league, who I drafted at the uh, second overall pick. I've got Lamar, who fell unbelievably late. Uh, in fact, he was the second QB that I drafted. And in both leagues, I went to the playoffs. And if you ask me, you know, two guys who I'm sure in that conversation of fantasy MVP, McCaffrey or Lamar, uh, for everything John said, I mean, I'm going to pick Lamar because uh, just the upside, I didn't have to give up anything to get him. And he's been the most re- reliable player with the exception of this week um, on the entire he's roster. Awesome. Well, I mean, this upcoming week. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I uh, So I can't disagree with Lamar Jackson. I can't – even Patriots D, I think, is a nice call. I, I'm a big CMC guy. You know I'm going to back him up all the time. Um, he – the reason I'm going to pick CMC is I think the difference in his position uh, – with Lamar Jackson, he's the number one scorer for quarterbacks, but he's not as much between one and two as Christian McCaffrey is with the next closest running back. And he was also in a crowded field at the top with Saquon Barkley and Alvin Kamara, who if you took either of those two guys, and Zeke as well, if you took any of those three guys instead of him, um, you, you feel like you missed out. You feel like you're like, wow, I had the chance at McCaffrey and I took all these other guys. I think if you took McCaffrey over them, you probably were greatly rewarded um, with a uh, probably a fantasy title. He, he's just, I mean, even when he's inefficient, he's catching 15 balls. Um, I was surprised to hear none of you guys say Michael Thomas. He's he's in that discussion too. Um, he that's not a bad point, Nick. He's uh, I mean he set the NFL record for catches in a season through fifteen weeks, literally record or sixteen weeks. He's um, I don't think he's a bad call, especially if it's full point PPR. Uh, he which for the record is a stupid system. stupid system. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I mean, I mix it up. I try and do a league with a little bit of everything. So I do have a full point PPR. Unfortunately, don't have Michael Thomas. But um, I think you were probably pretty – even half point PPR, you're rewarded. The guy is reliable week in and week out. And what's insane is he's had two different quarterbacks. Uh, really, really, really liked him this year as well. All right. Let's move to our next category. We've got – 
our biggest bust. Who was your fantasy player that cost your team a chance at a playoff run, cost your team a chance at a title, or made you just curse every single week you played fantasy football this season? All right, so let's start out this time. Let's start out with Nick. Who's your biggest fantasy bust? Uh, and I hate to say it because I love the guy, uh, but it's going to have to be Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, I probably drafted him. It's on me. Hand up. It's on me. I probably drafted him a lot higher than I needed to or should have. And it has just been a horrible year, plagued with injuries, plagued with three different starting QBs. Um, I mean, I, I get a stomach ache every t- And the worst part is I haven't even cut him from my roster. I can't bring myself to do it. Uh, and it makes me sick. But I'm, I'm going to have to stick with him. Preach. I, 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 he's, I, I think he's definitely in that discussion. Uh, John, who's, who's your biggest one? Juju's a good one. I mean, I, I want to say David Johnson just because he had the higher draft pick. But I myself would never, ever draft him after last year. Uh, so I, I do want to say maybe Baker Mayfield. This was supposed to be sort of a breakout huh. year. For him. Great one. He had all those weapons. Yeah. And he did less than nothing with him. I think, you know, it's funny that he, he was the, necessarily he, average. He was the sixth, I think, uh, I think sixth ranked quarterback going into the season. And there were a lot of guys yeah. taking him after Mahomes and uh, yeah, he was like top Sean Watson. Like his, you, you think with Landry and, and OBJ, you know, it was really going to be his year. But, I mean, he didn't even have like a Derek Carr year. Yeah. Now, now, I will say firm handshakes to him. Uh, first Browns quarterback in at least my recent memory, to start 16 of 16 games for the team. That's a good point. <laughs> That's so many. Um, Eric, who is your biggest bust? Nick, I literally, my jaw dropped when you said Juju because that's who I have. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I think you could say David Johnson, but David Johnson probably helped win you some weeks because he, he had a good game. I feel like Juju never had at least one dominant game. You know, he'd have maybe like 100 yards and a touchdown, and he'd be like, okay, this is something, you know, try to build his trade value a little bit. But I don't think he just had any, any value at all this year. Um, it got, I mean, to the point where I offered Zach Pascal at Brian Hill, and you can think about what you want about that trade, but other people said that they'd, they would have done it, so – uh, we're not bringing up the worst trade in history. <laughs> um, in, in hindsight, it wasn't even it that. Was, that's what I'm that's, saying. That's mostly because he got hurt, though. Okay. <laughs> but uh, it, this category is really strong with me because one of my teams is literally the entire bust team. You could pick Juju. You could pick Odell Beckham. You could pick Aaron Rodgers. You could pick David Montgomery. I'm, I'm going to pick David Montgomery. Um, again, I have OJ Howard. I have OJ Howard. This 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 whole team was was fantasy busts. Um, David Montgomery was talked about as much as I've heard any rookie running back talked about. Oh my God, his he is the vision he has in the holes. He's he's another Le'Veon Bell. He's going to get the Jordan Howard type of work. They're going to run the ball with him. Uh, I, I was, you know, I I listen to what people say, and some I'll sometimes I'll agree, and sometimes I'll disagree. But when I looked at the tape, he looked like he was bound to be kind of what Josh Jacobs was doing for the Raiders, as far as the he's featured and he's a vocal point of that offense, and he is talent. So I thought David Montgomery was going to be a good uh, fourth, fifth round pick, uh, nice RB two, and I jumped and took him, and he was incredibly frustrating. Um, he was so inefficient, and I do not think I will have the confidence to take him next year. Now, David, something that uh, you know, name that, that that we all didn't mention. Uh, it's easy to forget that people were drafting Antonio Brown with some of the earlier <laughs> picks. Oh my god, that's right. That's right. Hey, David. Category of most stressful to own Antonio Brown for that first one. <laughs> He uh, and it's funny because Antonio Brown was like a third, second, third round pick too. That's what I'm saying. It seems like a lifetime ago, and you forget how high you had to draft him to get him on your roster, and that whole thing just backfired. Especially depending when your draft was. Right. Um. Very good point. I uh, I can't disagree with that. Sorry. Um. All right. Let's move to our next one. And 
We are looking for that robber. We are looking for that seal of the draft. Who is that player that you plucked in the later rounds and carried you to fantasy glory? I'm going to start with Eric. Who is the player that you took late in the rounds that you're proud to boast about? Uh, I think Austin Eckler was a solid pick. Running backs are really tough to find. He was featured from the get-go. I think the first game he had like 37 and a half and half point PPR. Just consistent the entire year. I I really liked him even when Melvin Gordon came back. I think, you know, for a sixth, seventh round pick, he really panned out well. Uh, okay. Nick, who's your fantasy steal? You know, it's interesting because you could honestly put Lamar as this again, just because <laughs> you could draft him so low. I won't. Uh, I'll diversify a little. I think that Josh Jacobs was actually my fantasy steal. He didn't score a whole lot of touchdowns, but boy, did he tear it up. Um, I mean, he he probably takes that spot for me. John, what about you? Who's your steal? Let me let me gather myself here. Uh, my steal, uh, I mean, it's not necessarily the biggest steal because he was hurt, but I just thought it was interesting. Uh, that Hunter Renfro was pretty much unclaimed, and, and he was. Like, <laughs> I know he was going the Raider out. He could have won you. He could have won you championship last week with with a hundred some yards and a touchdown uh, for somebody who, who probably you get in the last pick of the draft. But the actual steal might be uh, the Patriots defense, sort of an afterthought. You know, you just like everybody starts picking a defense, and oh, I I lazily picked the Patriots defense because they've been all right but then they're my top scorer for the first eight weeks of the season. So, You know with uh, Hunter Renfro, he's taking away targets from Zay Jones. No, he's opening up the field for Zay Jones. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, like John said, you could put Lamar for pretty much a lot of these categories. Um, I think uh, I didn't draft him, but I think Darren Waller to stick with the Raiders yeah, team, since we're all doing Raiders. Darren Waller was uh, – Bright future. He was a undrafted or late round pick that ended up being a top five tight end this year. Um, I think with him, most of the time you didn't have to worry about streaming tight ends. So I think just for that that state, uh, that fact that I think uh, I'll, I'll go down Waller. Um, next one, your team's struggling. You're not sure if you are uh, if you're going to win or not. So you need a pick me up. You need a player that's going to come off the waiver wire. And it's going to give your team some new life. They're going to ignite your team to be good, to go up from the bottom of the standings, to be a league champion. We are talking about the waiver wire pickups. All right, Eric, I'm going to start with you again for this one. Who is your top waiver wire pickup? Uh, I think DJ Chart. If you got him pretty early, I mean, he had 20 points the first week and you know, sometimes there's Kevin Ogletrees that will have a really good game week one. Everybody tries to hype up their value. Like, they get picked up. And if you picked him up and you kept him, I mean, he was a consistent wide receiver, too, the entire year. Okay, John, who was your waiver wire pickup? I think it was a good late waiver wire pickup. Uh, Raheem Moster on the 49ers. I think he put up, you know, 25 points back-to-back uh, late season. Could really put you into that playoff berth. And, and he was definitely – uh easy to claim after his, you know, a couple running backs went down. He does look very good. He's best running back on the 49ers just from the eye test. Um, all right, Nick, who's your waiver wire pickup? It's got to be A.J. Brown. Uh, I've been preaching this guy all year in a draft where D.K. Metcalf stole the show. If you watched him in college, A.J. Brown was the guy, uh, and he has been exploding the last few weeks and the good news is his best production has been almost universally when everyone's playing in the playoffs the championships I would guarantee he's single-handedly if you started him made the difference in either getting into the playoffs or advancing the next round or even winning he has been explosive Nick you're right that happened to me I lost by 0.8 on a game where AJ AJ Brown went off oh yeah Definitely probably wants people some leagues. with in, in, in my two main leagues, I was able to pick up A.J. Brown in both of them. And it was like in one league, I picked him up. He went for like 150 yards and two touchdowns. 
And the very next week, my other one, I was like, I cannot believe this guy is still on the waiver wire. He has the, the longest pass play ever in Oakland Coliseum. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, they say in fantasy football, opportunity outweighs talent. And I believe that. And I also think timing is a big deal. And Tyler Higby, um, man, th- this guy came out of nowhere. Uh, he was the blocking tight end for the Rams. Barely saw any balls go his way last year. Even was buried on the depth chart when Gerald Everett was a thing mid or midway through the season. Uh, but Tyler Higby, the last few weeks, uh, I think it's been three or four weeks now, uh, he's been a top five tight end. And if you're playing into week 17, he's going against the Cardinals this week which you know is a slam dunk for tight ends. That's um, a really good one, David. Yeah, I, I think, he's, yeah. I, I think again, with how well he came on at the end of the season, and he was a free agent until probably about a month ago, um, he's probably winning people a lot of leagues just at that weak position, how great he's performed. Um, so it would be interesting to see where he'll be ranked in drafts next year because he's probably going to be ranked as a top eight at tight end. You know, what's funny, I don't remember, David, if it was you or Eric who had mentioned um, – you know, having to stream tight ends. Uh, I feel like if you have Higby as a waiver wire pickup for the, the latter part of the season, you didn't even have to do that. I mean, you had with almost no resume, a pretty good feeling that he was going to continue that, that type of production. And he did. Yeah. Especially in uh, PPR leagues. He was, he's getting, he was getting like seven, eight catches every week. He was, he was like the number one option in the past game. Um, no, you're 100% right. With Higby, you felt confident. And if any concerns when Everett came back last week that you might bench him because Everett would be involved were put to bed pretty early. Um, so I think a discussion we will probably have in the offseason on the podcast, we'll probably talk about if, if Higby is worth drafting as a top eight tight end next year. Um, but let's move on to our next category. This is the player that has the questionable tag next to his name every week. This is the guy that you debate putting in your lineup knowing that they're going to leave early every single game. This is the player that sits on your bench, rotting away, wondering why you wasted a draft pick on them. This is the injury-prone player. All right, Nick, I'm going to have you start us off. Who was your injury-prone player for uh, this fantasy season? Yeah, so, so there are certain guys who I feel like I can't even say because they didn't even play. You know, you could say Big Ben, you could say uh, Juju, but for me, the most frustrating one was Evan Ingram because it's not like uh, he had an injury that you just knew he was going to be out for the season. You could throw Matt Stafford in the mix too. Uh, with Evan Ingram, every single week, I'd log into my little ESPN or Yahoo account, and I drafted him pretty high too. He was a name that uh, I feel like everyone was like, yeah, you got to get him as one of the top three tight ends. He's going to tear it up. He's uh, Whether it's Eli or Danny Dimes throwing the ball, he's going to be their top uh, target. And every week, like clockwork, uh, Monday, questionable, all the way up until Friday, uh, saying he's practiced but not feeling great. And then by the, week, by the weekend, he was, uh, did not play. Okay. Uh, John, who was your injury-prone player? I was I was actually going to say Ingram because I was lucky enough to trade him. Uh, remind uh, us of that trade again. Yeah, it was it was like um, Ingram and like uh, Tyrell Williams for Stephon Diggs and Jared Cook, and I, it was the most absurd way. How <laughs> you know, you know it's funny. Everybody thought you won that trade, or besides, or everybody thought that you lost that trade. Besides me, I was like, I like John's yeah. end better. <laughs> like I, it was. It's crazy looking back because it just seems like uh, both those spots were won. But um, I guess I mean you could almost say Tyrell Williams. But I don't want to say too many Raiders with it. But uh, I know towards the end of the season, Julio Jones seemed to always be questionable, and he'd still come on strong. But you're always you're always a little worried when Matt Ryan's out or questionable, and then Julio's questionable, and it's like, is is Atlanta going to do anything? Should I play anybody from Atlanta at that point? So. I know he's held out of at least one game, too. Okay, Eric, who's your injury-prone player? I'm surprised you just didn't name this the Will Fuller Award. He literally... Ah, <laughs> that's good, that's good. He he literally described everything you talked about, of, like, being questionable and worrying if he's going to leave. I feel like it's self-explanatory. I don't need to explain why I chose him. 
Uh, it's like a mic <laughs> drop right there. I don't know if I can follow that. Um, but I, I'll try. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, and this is uh, a personal one because T.Y. Uh, Hilton um, was my number one wide receiver, and I think if he stayed healthy, I think could have made the difference for me in in one of my leagues. And unfortunately, out of nowhere, midseason, he had a random calf injury that no one had reported, and that kept him out for a month. He came back too early, was inefficient in the game that against the Texans, which you always start him against the Texans and, and killed me that week. And then he was out in the fantasy playoffs. Uh, he, he pretty much missed half the season. Um, just a huge disappointment. Um, if he didn't have the touchdowns, his yardage, he, the highest amount of yardage he had in a game this season was 90. Um, disappointment. Just I, the, He was one of my players I always write that I will never draft, and he made me not want to ever want to draft him again. So, yeah, bad T.Y. Hilton. Uh, I wish I had a violin playing for you in the background. <laughs> <laughs> the world's largest violin. That's what I need. That league was very upsetting to lose. Um, all right, we're going to go next. Which one did you come in last? Uh, the one I put together with the one that had the all-failure team. <laughs> Juju, oh. Odell, Aaron Rodgers, David Montgomery, OJ Howard. Oh, no. It was bad. Yeah, just uh, take responsibility and do better next year. Yeah, it, it's, it's got me – It's when I do the my punishment, it's going to drive me to never finish in last place again. Um, all right, let's move to our second-to-last award. This is the young gun, the guy that steps up from the NCAA college ranks and joins the big boys in the NFL. But they're not too big. And as a matter of fact, they're small because they, uh, they play up. They play to their competition. They step up and they, uh, they take their, the NFL by storm. This is the Rookie of the Year award. So, John, I'm going to start with you. I think we all know well, what John's doing. Uh, I, I, I didn't waste the time to ask you. It's, it's Drew Locke. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's a, it's ob- very obvious to me it's Josh Jacobs. I mean, he stepped in to the league and pretty much was the offense at that point. Um, you know, they really ran through him, which is crazy when you think about, you know, they have like a six-year veteran at quarterback, but they really need the ball to flow through. Uh, Josh Jacobs' hands, and he did well when he had it. So, yeah, I think it's it's pretty obvious he's the uh, rookie of the year. There's there's arguments you can make for some others, but uh, I think he stands on his own. All right, Eric, who's your rookie of the year? All right, so I knew John was going to say Josh Jacobs, so I prepared another one. <laughs> of course. Terry McLaurin, he kind of came out of nowhere, and uh, he had some pretty good games. Uh, I feel like you felt confident starting him at a flex at least most of the week. So, uh, going to have a sneaky pick with him. And, Nick, who's your <sighs> rookie of the year? Well, it's crazy, and David can vouch for this. Before we started recording, David was asking me who I put for some of these. Number one for rookie of the year, it has to be Josh Jacobs. And I said, if someone takes that, my number two is scary Terry McLaurin. And I, <laughs> sure enough, Eric took it. Uh, did you have another? I, I did have a third, and it's a cop out. But uh, you, you could say AJ Brown. I don't know that he's the rookie of the year. He's certainly the best rookie uh, for like the last third of the year. But uh, as far as overall season, it's it's not even close. It's Josh Jacobs, and, and I honestly think uh, Terry McLaurin's close, as close as anyone can get. Um, but at, at a cool third, it's going to be uh, A.J. Brown. And I'm curious who he left for David. Oh, my God. Uh, well, I have Josh Jacobs written on my paper, and I have zero backups. <laughs> um, I agree with all the ones that were said. I'll probably – I'll throw in um, – Kyler Murray didn't have a bad season. He actually – there was a stat I read that he was the first quarterback to pass for, I believe it was – 3,000 yards and have 500 rushing yards in their rookie season. Um, so that's actually a, a pretty interesting stat considering all the rookie quarterbacks that play, especially in this day and age. So um, I think he's a great dynasty player. I would I would be interested to see how much he gets hyped up for next season. Um, but I, it's no doubt it's Josh Jacobs. He's definitely going to win rookie of the year. Um, 
Well, they might not. I mean, you think about some of those defensive players who've been tearing it up. Well, they have uh, they have this offensive and defensive rookie of the year, right? Um, let's move to our last one real quick. This is our victory lap player. So, this is the player that you will wear on a T-shirt to represent your fantasy season. The player that you will be talking about till the end of time that you drafted over everybody else. This is the player that you scream from the top of the roof loudly and proudly. I drafted you. You're my fantasy son. Who is your victory lap player, Nick? I'll start with you. Uh, so I'll, I'll go a slightly different route. Rather than a victory lap player, a victory lap, I didn't give in on this player. When Antonio Brown got traded to the Patriots, some of the trades that I was seeing were unbelievable. I mean, I, I, I swear to God, uh, I was hearing about people who were giving up like Christian McCaffrey for Antonio Brown, Michael Thomas for Antonio Brown, thinking it was going to be like when Randy Moss played with Tom Brady way back when. Um, and I won't even lie, I was a lot closer to accepting some of those trades, and I'm happy to admit. Uh, big victory lap and uh, pat on the back that I didn't give in, but – as far as just a victory lap player, it's going to be the waiver wire pickup, and I keep saying this name, but of A.J. Brown just because of how big of an impact it had during the playoffs. I think uh, I need to buy you an A.J. Brown T-shirt. for You need person. to buy me his jersey, dude. All right, I know what to get Nick next for his, uh, for his birthday, so no one take my idea. Um, all right, John, who's your victory lap player? Uh, it's split between two. Um, we have Zay Jones, Emmy Award winning. Everybody loves Zay. <laughs> Talk to me next when it actually pays off. <laughs> and then uh, I also I have Gardner Minshew. was was just just an interesting pick if you had him at the beginning part of the season. And uh, I really thought it was more fun just to have uh, you pick him up off the waiver wire for fun, and then he starts having a few good games. And then you know sometimes. You uh you pick him in DFS even when he's not starting, and then he gets <laughs> legendary call. <laughs> so that's my pat on the back is that uh, I pr- I predicted Gardner Minshew to come in as a second stringer for a game. Uh, all right, Eric, who's your victory lap player? Uh, it's not as good as the others, but I'm very proud that I got Chris Godwin in at least one league. I mean, I, I think a lot of people knew his upside, but just the fact that I mean there were other options there. I said, you know what? Full send going Godwin. That was that was a good pick when you made him. I, I my victory lap is very personal in the sense, in our um in the draft of uh, all of the, the people for back home in Olney, I was the third pick. I took Christian McCaffrey, number three. I would have taken him one, but luckily he fell to three. But my victory lap goes on the way back when Eric whispers over to me, "You don't take Patrick Mahomes. I'm gonna take him." And I looked at Antonio Brown, and I wanted to take Antonio Brown so bad. But I was like, you know what? Eric's going to take Mahomes. I want Mahomes, so I'll take him. And so that left Eric with Antonio Brown. So the Mahomes-Antonio Brown <laughs> trade-off was pretty good. That's a good one. Um, but, yeah, other than that, it was not too many victory laps for me in my fantasy seasons this year. But nice job, guys, on the uh, awards. Um, we're going to move. Uh, do you guys smell that? What's in the air? It smells like uh, it smells like playoffs. Does this music hype you all up? That took a good song. Yeah. Ooh, all right. So. We are just going to give our look at the field here. As we look at the NFL playoff picture, the Ravens have clinched the number one seed in the AFC. The Patriots and Chiefs are fighting for a first-round bye. Um, lose, uh, one of them will be the two. One will be most likely the three. Uh, the Texans uh, have a chance to jump to the three, but they'll most likely be a four. The Bills are locked in at five, and we're at a three-way tie, three-way race between the Titans, Steelers, and Raiders for the last playoff spot in the AFC. The NFC, we have the Niners at the number one seed, but that can change with their loss against Seattle this week. Green Bay and New Orleans are both tied at 12-3. and three. 
Uh, they're both fighting for a first-round bye. We have the Eagles locked in right now as the NFC East leader um, at number four. That can change with them or the Cowboys. Seahawks at five, and then Minnesota clinching the number six spot. What I'd like to ask each and every one of you guys is give me who you like, the top two teams in each conference. Tell me if there's a sleeper team that you think might have be a dark horse to go and win it all. And then ultimately give me your NFC championship, AFC championship, and your Super Bowl with your picks. I know it's a lot. So I'll, I, will rec- I will tell you as we go along. I'll just, I'll just probably tell you my top, top uh, four teams. <laughs> All, right. All right. So, Nick, I'm going to start with you. Give me the dark horse team in the AFC and then give me um, your potential AFC championship preview. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know that there is a dark horse team in the AFC because, like, it, it would kind of be doing them a disservice column it. I guess you would say the dark horse team is the Chiefs, but they're not really that. I think they probably have the best chance. If anyone's other than the Ravens are going to go, it's going to be them. Um, the NFC is a little bit different because, I mean, that, that the division is so tight. Um, you could almost say the Packers are the dark horse team, but they've only got three losses. Uh, they're, they're ugly wins, but, um, yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be really, really tight this year. So who's your pick for the AFC and NFC conference games? And then give us your Super Bowl pick. I think it's going to be Ravens Chiefs. Uh, at home, I've got to go with Ravens. Um, just seeing the way that they've played recently. Uh, NFC, I think it's going to be Saints and uh, Niners. And unfortunately, well, I guess this week will be a big, uh, big outcome if the Niners blow out the uh, Seahawks, which I don't think will happen, then I think they ride that momentum into the, uh, into the Super Bowl. If not, I think it's going to be a Saints and Ravens Super Bowl with the Ravens taking it. All right. That's a, I think that's a very fair take. Ravens do look pretty unstoppable right now. Um, Eric, I'll go to you next. Give me a dark horse for each conference and then your conference picks and then your Super Bowl. All right. Dark horse in the AFC, I think it's the Bills. They're a physical team, and they play good defense, and I'm a Josh Allen fan. And they really haven't gotten blown out of games. They're a good road team. My dark horse in the NFC, I think, is the Vikings. I know they just had a bad performance, but they have a really talented offensive group, and sometimes they just click. Um, My AFC championship game is Chiefs-Ravens, and I think the Chiefs will win that. Wow. And my NFC championship is Saints-Seahawks. And I think Saints win that. Wow. Are you anti-Chiefs? <laughs> yeah, I think the, Seahawks, the Seahawks are such a tough out in the playoffs, no matter who they have on their team, as long as Russell Wilson's their quarterback. Well, I just think it comes down to whether they're home or away, you know? It doesn't matter. And then I said preseason I had Saints over Chiefs, and I'm sticking to it. Wow. I think you're jinxing my team in the process. He's, he's doing a triple jinx. All right, John. Give me your uh, dark horse in each conference, your uh, championship preview, and then your Super Bowl. My dark horse is actually uh, the Houston Texans. It's not Texans. the Raiders? <laughs> no, well, I was going to do that, but I feel like I've been on them a ton <laughs> this week for a lot of my answers. Uh, they only need four things to happen, and they could all happen. So, uh, But uh, the Texans, you know, Deshaun Watson had the ability to turn it on. So I think that they're a real, real dark horse team uh, out of that division. I think it was said earlier, the NFC is hard to pick a dark horse team because, you know what, the 49ers are in the wild card. That doesn't really make them a dark horse team or something, you know, depending on how the sort of the chips fall over there. Uh, I think it's going to be a uh, Pats Ravens AFC championship. And, uh, you know, it, it's hard to beat a team twice in a season, much less Bill Belichick. So I think that they move on out of the AFC. And then on the NFC side, I'm doing a reverse jinx. It's 49ers versus uh, the Saints in that one. And I think the 49ers take it. Uh, they slow down Drew Brees a little bit. And then it's Pats 49ers. And then it's uh, Pats get their a millionth Super Bowl. And Brady and Belichick retire on the spot. Ooh. Just if you talk about that, you know I got to throw in 
a nice bacon sizzle. <laughs> That's a nice hot take. Both retiring at the end of the season if they win the Super Bowl. All right. Um, I mean, Bill Belichick's old. People don't even. People think Brady's old. Bill Belichick's almost seventy. Like my, it's time time to ride off <laughs> into the sunset. My uh, dark horse in the AFC is the Tennessee Titans, and I will put this documented on tape. Well, they might not even make the. Oh, playoffs, they're going to get David. in, and my documented take. <laughs> they is, are. They out. will. They will play the Chiefs in the first round, and they will win because the Chiefs cannot beat the Titans. I hate the Titans so much. And if it ends up being where the Chiefs play the Titans, they will lose. I will bank on it. I will bet money. I, it's it's, it's David, a foregone then, conclusion. Then you should gamble on that line. The the Titans' money line will probably be pretty juicy. Oh, I will. They're just going to run the ball of Derrick Henry down our throats and just kill clock. It, 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 it's, called, it's called an emotional hedge, and it makes sense because, like, people put – Oh, I put twenty dollars down on the team that's playing, you know, the Raiders or something, because you know I'd pay twenty dollars for the Raiders to win this big game. I think if the, if the that, that lose, you uh, that's what I'll probably do. The Titans then would play the Ravens. I think there'd be a tough game, but I think it's ultimately going to be Ravens Patriots. And I think Ravens, since they'll have the home field, I think they'll pull it out. I think it would have came down to whoever was home. Um, in the NFC, my dark horse will probably be. Whoever gets the fifth seed, whether it's the Seahawks or the Niners, um, I think it's most likely going to be the uh, Seahawks. And I think, like Eric said, they're going to be a tough out. I think it ends up being Seahawks and uh, Saints in the NFC Championship game. And I think the C- uh, the Saints take it. So I think it's going to be a Saints-Ravens Super Bowl. And I think this year the Saints don't get cheated and the Saints win the Super Bowl. Drew Brees rides off in the sunset. Well, I, I do want to say, I, we know what happened the last time the Ravens had a Super Bowl in Atlanta. Isn't the Super Bowl in Miami? I thought it was no. in Atlanta this year. I was last year, damn it. I just, Drew Brees oh. rides off in the sunset the, the joke in Miami and retires. Um, all right, well, that those are our takes. We'll look back when the playoffs start. We'll see who uh, who's calling the right call and who's completely off. Um, I would love for the Raiders to get in and the Chiefs to play the Raiders in the first round. <laughs> I think, and then, then you know, it's hard to beat a team three That's very times true. in the season. <laughs> um, all right, we're going to go into uh, DFS really quick. Wait, is this the music to Cash Cav? Uh, no, I'll have to show you. Oh, got to do one, one of my, these things. It's one of my favorite videos from, uh, it's like workout playlists. Very fast music. Okay. We were looking at DFS. So, Eric, give me a couple of good guys for DFS for this week. To be honest, I haven't looked yet, but I feel like all backups for good teams will be low in value, and you could get someone. Uh, also, Herb Smith Jr., I say his name every week, but just know when he breaks that, I called it. Are you trying to Zay Jones, Herb Smith? Yeah, you're Zay Jones. Yeah. Right but Herb Smith actually gets points. <laughs> Uh, I mean, Zay Jones might have had a catch last week. I'd have to. <laughs> Zay Jones, I'm just waiting to hear his name on Red Zone. Oh, I told you, this is how it, he gets a, a game-winning touchdown to send him to the playoffs, and then everything I've said makes sense. John, for um, your next birthday, do you want a Zay Jones jersey? It'd be kind of fresh. Okay. What yeah. if he gets? What if he's off the team after the season? Then I'll say it's a Taiwan Jones jersey, <laughs> and he was a team's legend. <laughs> All right, um, my. So some DFS guys that you can look at. Uh, Jameis against the Falcons, his last five games has been 30-plus uh, points and above. He does really well against them, so I'll probably pick him. Um, any, like Eric said, any backup running back is going to be low value um, or low money. Amir Abdullah is of the world, the Gus Edwards of the world. Um, oh, Justice Hill. I like Justice Hill this week. Justice Hill. I like, I like RG3 a ton this week. RG3 could be a nice play. Is that your uh, your bat? Well, he's going to start, so because he can't be the backup that comes in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not my backup pick of the day. Who's? Maybe I'll pick Mahomes as backup because maybe they'll sit him in the second. Oh, good half old Matt Moore. I don't know. <laughs> Matt Moore. Matt Moore is my DFS <laughs> play of the week. Um, Mahomes goes out injured and you're in tears. <laughs> oh God, that's not let's, that that. Hey, when he hurt his knee, that uh, let's speak it. Let's speak it into existence. Oh, it already happened once when we hung out. 
I know, right? Yeah, we have, just have to watch the game. David, go walk the dog in the first quarter while me and Eric stay. I'll be locking the door so you guys are not welcome. Um, <laughs> but some good wide receivers. Devontae Parker's a good contrarian play. He's going against the Patriots and Gilmore. He's been so hot that I think if you want to just have someone that no one else picks, he could be a good pick. And then Nick's guy, A.J. Brown, is just a stud. Got to throw A.J. Brown in there. Um, Tyler Higby against the Patriots. I'm sorry, Tyler Higby against the Cardinals is money in the bank. Austin Hooper, the number two pass catcher against the Bucks, is always killer. So Julio Jones will be the focus. I think he'll get the benefit. And then Pats and Chiefs, D, I think, are solid uh, defensive plays. So those are your DFS guys for this week. We are going to move into our second-to-last segment here, and it's going to be our random question of the week. So for these, I'm finding, like, the weirdest music videos I can find, and if, if you guys actually see what comes on my screen, it would give you nightmares. Yeah, are, are we at, like, echo stage right now? No, nah, it's just, like, dude with his, like, finger extending. and his, it's, 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 it's pretty dope, actually, uh, dubstep. But, um, so our random question this week, which player... Which wait, player... wait, wait, who are we sponsored by? Oh, yeah, John, who are we sponsored by? Um, we're sponsored by Blue Moon. Oh, you're already, we've already been sponsored by Blue Moon. We were sponsored by beer in oh, general. Okay, okay. <laughs> you know, this is a classic, classic beer for when you're having family over. You're not sure what people want, a crowd pleaser, not pretentious at all or anything at all. So, you know, it's just a, like, a, oh, it's a classy-ish beer, but, like, it's not going to, like, scare people off, scare family off from drinking. All right, so our random question this week is the player you would not be scared of, the NFL player, um, that you're not scared of stealing your girlfriend. So if this guy came over and tried to ask your girlfriend on a date, they would immediately say no and run away. Uh, so I'm going to start with Eric. Who is the player you would not be scared of stealing your girl? Uh, Josh Allen, but it's not for the reason you think. Josh Allen, the quarterback. <laughs> Why would you not be scared of Josh Allen? Still? He's an NFL quarterback. Uh, because I went to his Instagram and he seems like he's super in love and whipped over his girlfriend. Like he posts a lot of pictures with her and then he comments on a lot of her photos with like the kissing emoji face. I'm like, this guy loves his girlfriend way too much to ever cheat or something. Ah, so you're going the good boy route and that he just wouldn't want to cause he's not interested. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. John, who's your, uh, steal your girl player. I have two. Uh, one, Sam Darnold, because he's a health risk. You know, he's <laughs> so. <laughs> so that's just danger. And then um, any any punter, pretty much. I probably bump into about you know a hundred people, you know, in a, a random night out who are look like the average punter in the NFL. So, John, I'm surprised you didn't say really. Joe Mixon. <laughs> well, no, because Joe Mixon, you don't want to <laughs> piss him off, you know, especially in an establishment of drink, and he might just knock you out. All right, Nick, who's your uh, player that you wouldn't be worried about? Uh, to, to be totally honest, I wouldn't be worried about anyone who plays offense for the Dallas Cowboys. Because <laughs> uh, I, I know for a fact they can do whatever they want with my girlfriend. They, they're not scoring. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that, I, 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 I don't even want to talk after that one. Oh, man. That's another mic drop. That is a mic drop. I, I, I'm always going after the mic drop. Um, all right. Well, I have two. I have Marshawn Lynch. He is really, really ugly. I do not see Amanda ever wanting to go on a date or go out with Marshawn Lynch. Um, and the other ones I put, you guys are going to have to look them up. Their names are Pat and Paul McQuiston. They're two ginger offensive linemen that have played for the Raiders. One of them has an orange mullet. They are literally the, the ugliest human beings I've ever seen on this earth. So they can go and try to steal my girl anytime. I don't think they'll have any. Dude, how deep did you dig to find some no-name <laughs> ginger saying. offensive line? I, uh, I typed in ugliest players in the NFL 2019. Because he's scared of every. Yeah. Very <laughs> um, all right. Let's move to our last segment. And this one is two truths and a lie. So Eric's going to host this segment. He's going to ask all of us um, 
basically read two of the statements are true, one is false, and we have to guess which one. So, Eric, take it away. Dude, I feel like people know how to play two truths and a lie. I know. I'm just going to make sure in case, you know, maybe they live under a rock. All right. So, I'm coming out with my suit on now, delivering these uh, these hot takes. So, David, I'm going to start with you, and you get the QB position. Okay. All right. The first statement, Jimmy Garoppolo is top four in passing touchdowns. Number two. That has Ryan, to be true if Eric's using it. <laughs> very true. Ryan Tannehill is a top 20 fantasy quarterback. And number three is that Phillip Rivers is top three in passing yards. What is the lie? Okay, well, Tannehill is, with how hot he's been, he's definitely a top 20. I, uh, I feel like was, the first one was Garoppolo is a top four in fantasy points. No, no, in passing touchdowns. And then the last one was which one? Philip Rivers is top three in passing yards. I'm gonna say the lie is Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, John's right. I only tell the truth about Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> oh, I Ryan, it was Ryan quarterback. Ryan Tannehill is the 21st ranked fantasy quarterback. Oh, he, 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 didn't start, he didn't start like the first six games or something. Yeah, but he, yeah. he scored like 20 plus points in like six straight games. So I, thought I that mean, he's, he surged, but he didn't play like the first five games of the season. So I thought he was going to be on like inside of the top 20. Yep. Oh, for one. <laughs> now we started out last time. <laughs> All right, Nick, the second is for you. And this is running backs. This is non-PPR scoring, by the way. All right. The first one is that Nick Chubb is a top five fantasy running back. The second is Marlon Mack has more carries of 20-plus yards than Christian McCaffrey. Ooh. And the last is Alvin Kamara has scored a touchdown in only two games this year. Ooh. Man, uh, I mean, the lie has got to be the Alvin Kamara one. Uh, that is true. Alvin Kamara scored uh, in week three against the Seahawks. He scored two touchdowns, and then he scored two touchdowns this past week. The lie is that Nick Chubb is not a top five. He's number seven. Wow. He's number one in rushing yards, but doesn't have the touchdowns that Aaron Jones, McCaffrey, and the others do. Eric, when you said that's right, you made us think that Nick got it correct. I thought I got it right, yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, sorry. That's, that threw me off with Chubb, though, because I know he's torn it up on the ground. Um, huh. Well, you got me. All right, John. You got wide receivers. I feel like you're a wide receiver kind of guy. He's a Zay Jones type of guy. Zay Jones play that position. Okay. This is also non-PPR scoring. The first is Devontae Adams and Odell Beckham are both outside the top 30. The second is Devontae Parker is a top eight wide receiver. And the third is Chris Godwin's and Chris Godwin and Mike Evans are both top five in wide receiver yards. I, I feel like there's absolutely no way that Devontae Parker is a top eight wide receiver. Uh, that's true. The lie is that Mike, Ed, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, uh, Godwin is number two and Mike Evans has dropped to number six. What? Number top eight? Devontae Parker? Yeah, he is number eight. What a stud. <laughs> All right. Next, we will go to uh, tight ends. And I'm going to give this to John. I'm going to give him two in a row. All right. Don't let me not. The first is. Dallas Goddard is a top 10 tight end. Once again, this is non-PPR scoring. The second is that Cameron Braid has outscored O.J. Howard. And the third is that Greg Olson is top 10 in tight ends receiving yards. Uh, I know this one. I don't think Greg Olson is top 10 in receiving yards. Greg Olson is number 10. The lie is that uh, Cameron Braid has outscored O.J. Howard. Oh, I, th- I, thought he- I thought that was the one that I knew was true. O.J. Howard has outscored him by one point. Huh. <laughs> you are always stretching these stats. I know. Like, like the one this, is, this is like what, that a couple weeks ago when he said, and he's the, the 22nd best kicker. <laughs> hey, hey, this is, this is good research. This is good research. All right. 
Uh, David, I'm going to go to you for defense. Okay. The first is that the Bears are a top 15 defense. Okay. The second is that the Arizona, Arizona Cardinals have negative in six games. And the last is that every team has at least one week of double-digit scoring. What is the lie? I'm going to say every every team – no, the Bears are not the defense. Yeah. That's good. That's good. I, good one. I got one. Bears are the number 16 defense. Ah, uh, yes, I knew you were going to outdo them by one. Yep. <laughs> Either that or they would be the 15th defense, and then he'd rub it in your face. <laughs> all right, Nick, you got kickers. Let's do it. The first is Jason Sanders from the Miami Dolphins has the highest scoring game for a kicker this year. The second is that Will Lutz is the number one fantasy kicker. And the third is that Josh Lambeau has been the most accurate kicker this year. What is the lie? Uh, Josh Lambeau has not been the most accurate kicker this year. Uh. He has been. Come on, dude. No, <laughs> let me guess again. Let me guess again. Let me guess again. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, well, again, there's only three. Options. Let me guess again. Let me guess again. Uh, what was what was the first thing you said? Jason Sanders. <laughs> Jason Sanders of the Miami Dolphins has the highest scoring game. That's a lie, dude. That's the lie. Uh, that's true. He has. Let me go again. <laughs> let me go again. Let me go one more time. Uh, and it was actually like my gut feeling <laughs> was that uh, Big Nuts Lutz uh, is not number one. He is number – or he's not number one. Harrison Buckner is. Yeah, I should have known that. I have him on my team. <laughs> I made sure I didn't ask David Kickers because I feel like he would know that. I did know that one. <laughs> All right, well, one out of six. I got it. Almost guessed I'm, the wrong I'm one. dusting off my trophy mantle for my trophy for it, the game. It's more like one out of or two out of nine because he had three guesses at the end. <laughs> yeah, this to be good. fair, guys, I did get an Eric. You guys did get four out of six the first time, so I've done better. All right. Well, good show, guys. Thanks, everybody, for listening in. Thanks, Nick, for coming on. You are Thanks always, for having your, me. Your presence is always a present for us. So, um, Make sure to uh, set your lines if you're playing in week 17. Uh, look ahead to the playoffs if you play some kind of DFS thing for playoffs. And uh, hopefully Tune everybody enjoys the uh, last full week of NFL games. Uh, you guys Tune in to say the before. 4 o'clock games. The 4 for the uh, Steelers to lose, the Titans to lose, and the Raiders to win. And then they also need one more team to lose. Uh, I think they need the Jaguars to also lose. And uh, we'll have a really good time celebrating an uh, 8-8 eight eight playoff berth. To quote the movie Dumb and Dumber, so you're saying there's a chance. There's a 13% chance, according <laughs> to the pastors everywhere. All right, well, Everybody with the last game, boo Seahawks, go Niners, of course. I think it goes without saying. If you're a Seahawks fan, I don't know if we can be friends. All right, well, we'll keep an eye on what happens week 17. We'll either be back next week. We might take a week off. Um because once we get into the off season, we will try to produce them, um, but it may not be every week. So just keep an eye for when we uh, we put them out there. Again, thanks to Nick for coming on, and we will catch you guys in the very near future. Bless up.